You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> good, good. That's Getting good. over a bit of a bit of a cold, eh? You can hear that in the voice. Yeah, I got smashed on the weekend, as you just heard there. It, the, that wasn't me out in the town. Um, yeah, kids and family had all been fighting this and... No. Uh, I think I finally let my guard down. It'd been a massive week at work and and fam, and then yeah, it's hilarious when you let the guard down. Mm. The cheeky bugger just comes in and gets you in the ribs, and it took me a while. To <laughs> a day though, it was short and then sweet. Like it got me, and then I was up the next day. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that. Exactly. Um, no. But yeah, here we are. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, similar. So uh, yeah, life is uh, is. Uh, rich at the moment let's let's put it that way yeah, so it's certainly lots lots, lots going on hasn't it so it's yeah it's all a bit uh yeah it's a bit crazy everywhere so yeah. um yeah that's that's how it is well i got something to cheer you up oh good oh he's walking off camera to give me my jersey this is amazing yeah oh it's wrapped and everything or is it oh hey we <laughs> thank you sir it's vintage just to show how much oh, you love them oh thank you so much it is vintage as well i will um yeah <laughs> never grace but i um you know yeah oh. and we're on and we're on yes that looks great. <laughs> there you go i even wore my blue top <laughs> Makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? The life's rich fabric. Yeah. How does it feel to be disgusting? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've been waiting a long time. uh, You have. You've been very, very patient. So, um, yeah. Congrats on uh, on your patience. Thank you. I would say congrats on the win, but (laughs) I wouldn't mean it. So, like I said, this is a really good opportunity to come over to. The great side, the cat side. Yeah, no, but you know it's there. The office there, We're always open. <laughs> it's to really, greatness. really itchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing reports on your your meetings, your calls. Yeah, thank you, everything. thank you. Because just yeah. to remind the listeners, the parameters of this bet was yes. So you must wear it in all situations. That's true. That's true. For a month. Yes. So we dodged a couple of days here and there. So there's there's a there's bit a of leeway. At the a little end. bit of leeway at the end. <laughs> But thanks for tracking down my jersey, Pat. I'm, I'm oh, really, pleasure. They yeah. were all sold out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. yeah. Surprise, surprise. Greatest team of all sold out of jerseys. Shocking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I wish I had got number 14 on the back. Oh, the yeah. Well, at least there's small mercies in life, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <small laughs> I thought if this thing comes with a number, I'm going to be, it's going to feel even worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, Don't right. say Patty is cruel. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> I made the bet. Yeah. It was yeah. a good bet. It was a good bet. Yeah, didn't, work out the, didn't work out the way I hoped. <laughs> I like you. That's all right. I backed, I, backed, I backed the outsider and it's, yeah, it's come back to bite me. Yeah. 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 I appreciate you backing the outsider. It's yeah. made yeah. this week enjoyable. <laughs> I'm glad it's put a, <laughs> put a smile on your face. And we're going to go into leadership and really the greatest segue into this 
we've had the greatest leader of, of AFL. Please don't. Joel Selwood. <laughs> oh, no. He's retired and he retired yes. as good leaders do on top. And mm. no, nah, that's not true. But he retired as a good leader and leaving a legacy. Mm. But yeah, I'll try and segue out of Geelong so we don't put too much salt <laughs> in your wounds because you are wearing a jersey. I am. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I suppose interrogating what a leader is these days mm. is where we jumped off last time because we sort of set the bar of what the challenges are in front of us mm. and sort of painted the picture of in terms of what the future is going to need in terms of leadership. There's a lot of building needs to be done, infrastructure, yes, um, knowledge, and a lot that isn't necessarily in front of us. So first that needs to be found, <laughs> True. implemented, yep. um, and, then, and then distributed, essentially. So yep. leadership's going to have to play a big role in that. But the question is, what is the leadership style that, mm. <clears throat> that is needed in that space? And I don't think it is necessarily the traditional ideas of leadership yeah. that is really going to stand tall in this or no, or is it like i've really um yes put a bit of thought into it um and the other thing to dive into for this episode is i suppose in a data age where does sort of mm. leadership because it really is the fulcrum of decisions still it is where it does is that's it yep i mean i guess in, in your mind who who like let's just break it down a little bit yeah who do you think needs to be led because yeah. i think that's that's a big part of yeah, where where we're at is the is the who um of this and then kind of what do they actually need need to need to hear because it's certainly the it's interesting isn't it because we're we're at an age where it's never been clearer really the you can paint a very very clear robust picture with with data you can model it all kind of coming after actually what we're speaking but we still as human <laughs> beings will sit there and be like yeah no so like what who is it that needs to be needs to be led through through this the collective like i think uh, no. as much as we love to say that when no. moving into an age where we don't need leaders or we're sick of leaders i think maybe we're sick of leadership style because there's just something innately in humans that have always followed deities leaders mm. like yep. and i think it's it's all of us to a degree mm. um whether we like it or not but uh, the leader is someone whose sort of head is always on that chopping block who's gonna get whether it works or not that's yep. the one that falls first true um and they're the brave ones who put their head up. But I suppose, what does that look like? And do they show vulnerability or not? But I think, yeah, to answer your question, you might have a different one. I think we all need to be led to some form or another. Um, leaders included. Leaders need to be great listeners. But, yeah, it's an interesting spot. And it's a great question around who. Because I think there's some arguments people will say no one needs to be. But I'd, yeah. I'd push back on that. Mm. Um, and I think... Right now, because of a few mechanics that are working that are sort of separating a lot of people um, and really polarizing, and there's never been a more, there's, there has, but right now is a big call for strong leadership and leadership True. to pull people together because it's been a lot of forces pulling people apart. And if we're going to get to where we jumped off last episode hmm. to get to these big challenges around actually answering the call for climate change, making communities more resilient, um, building infrastructure that connects people but also makes people feel included. That takes obviously a lot of brain power, labour power, but great leadership because it's a 
place that we don't exist now. So to get True. from here to there, yeah. I don't mean someone's going to get the whip out and get the arms <laughs> no. going. No. But it's going to take tough calls. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I guess it's like, to me, the, the collective is, is interesting because it's the who part of this is also then it's, it's at a quite, um, it's almost at a nation state kind of um, big yeah. corporate level as, as well. So and a lot of leadership, I think, is about incentives and kind of what is what's the incentive for for change. And I think in, in a lot of areas of life at the moment, the incentives are becoming clearer and clearer that, you know, there has to be some level of transformation. So even if you just take energy, then I think in leadership, it's understanding where you place your bet as as part of all of that as part of that transformation so at a at a community level so community leaders will probably look at that through the lens of resilience etc so how do we come become more adaptable to something that's already happened so if you look um you know, across communities that have been impacted by flooding or drought um, or kind of, um, you know, other factors in terms of kind of that come from a warming climate, changing kind of mechanisms, however that is. But then the incentives for a government is to pick where do you actually make your bet mm. on on that? So are you going to be forward of the technology, i.e. actually helping make, develop, etc.? And how much of, you might do all three of these. Um, in the middle, how are you going to adopt and how are you going to put in, in incentives to actually drive that, that transition? And then at the last part, how are you going to build more resilience? And often in, in leadership, it's about being able to see a picture and being able to understand that that is probably the narrative that goes through it all. But then it's about actually where do you place the majority of your bet? And I think that is um, that is the ex- almost the existential question of leadership at the moment is that it's very difficult. And even with technology, it's no different. If you think through kind of where people would place their bets for what comes next at the moment. I think they're going, okay, we've maybe done the resilient. Well, there's certainly, um, if you're an Optus customer, there's a lot of resilience work left to be done, but then it's kind of where to, where to next and where do you actually place your bet? And that to me is the, the kind of the, the leadership piece is understanding in each of those, the who's that are actually involved. Cause they're always slightly different. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, but all who's need to be laid who who's but differently? Yeah, they is do. that what you sort of say as well? Well, I think you have to identify, I guess, where. Um, well, I mean, if you take energy for example, so yeah. there we have to transition, but we already are. Yeah. So that 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 is happening. So every piece of investment in kind of more combustion-based technologies is there's no investment mm. in combustion-based technologies. So they are what they are. Some people will optimize them so they burn a little bit cleaner, etc. But everything's been pushed in towards kind of more wind, solar, and kind of basically electrification or battery, battery-based so, kind yeah. of power sources. So that's, that's like an instance of market leading. Not mm. necessarily like in terms of the mechanics of capitalism. That yep. was like markets lead, mm. and then leaders or representatives of democracies follow. Ish, but the incentives were changed. The and incentives for the market changing. were changed. Yeah. yeah, like I think when I think the biggest change that that has occurred is basically it's not even just putting a price on carbon in that instance, for example, Pat. I think it's more about the actual incentives for um, creating the technology yeah. are really high. And then the way that the government's actually helped fund that through grants, through tax write-offs, through kind of early adoption of mm-hmm. a lot of these technologies, actually helping fund them. You know, like, I mean, if you look here, for example, the reason we have a lot of solar and battery power is purely because as part of the grid structure, 
later that places like South Australia made the call to kind of go, yep, we'll go in on big batteries. We'll kind of do these things to actually help pull that all through. But that was in a direct response to like at least the South, at least yep. my, if blackouts. my memory, blackouts. And yep. then also yep. to like market leaders, yep. Atlassian representative and Tesla slash soon to be Twitter slash who freaking knows. <laughs> yeah. Having like a ridiculous beef on Twitter, but that pushed government to mm. then re- act. But do you, well, but this is, this like is, this is the question. This is the interesting. See, I think the signal would have been, and this is what I talk about, like with, with incentives and kind of yeah. knowing the who that's actually, actually in that space. I think arguably they went, no, 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 we can, there's actually an opportunity in government and government, I think in a lot of these things around kind of leadership at, at any level is kind of understanding what the play might be. And then seeing whether that's actually going to play out the way that you you hope it will Mm. and trying to bring together those those things but in the in the main government can signal right and then they can also incentivize and i think that those are the key things around understanding the who it allows you to actually moderate those signals and incentives yeah okay Hmm. and then so the next question around i think i'm starting to get where you're going with that and so there's a bit of a balance around (coughs) who the who is and then where it's going, and then the big call is to make you bet in that yep. in that chain around sure. where it's going. The other thing that's changing in leadership is, I suppose, which is a, a good one to touch on, and that is around sort of a, in terms of government, hmm. a centralized to decentralized model. So yep. there's a big listening component, and I think listening lends itself to data. It does. Because yep. if you listen truly, then you get better insights. You just got to ask those questions of that data to get better insights. And you're seeing that in emergency response across Australia yep. around the training models and every different model now is being able to how better equip communities to respond rather mm. than centralized organizations coming out to help communities respond, which is Correct. like a complete change shift around how taxpayer dollar is spent to support communities in need. Exactly. Which is like a really cool, empowering idea, but it's a different way leadership is uh, felt, I suppose. It's I a think so. more empowering, uh, the idea of it, let's see how it gets executed. Yeah. But it's a bit like a CFA that we have here in Australia around <laughs> community firefighting, but it's community disaster response. Yep. Yeah. With- yeah. And that... But that's that again is leadership. I yeah. think, like in in the truest sense, is that these seeing a problem, yeah, and understanding that it's it's ultimately it's not just it's not just fire that's you know these kind of these. The, the, I guess it's it's not just the end of specialization that way. I think it's more about being specialized in actually helping a community be resilient yeah. to the challenges that it actually actually faces, and that that is more upstream work than it is kind of down downstream work. And I think there's we're caught in, you know, I think we'll look back on this time and be like, okay, well, this is where we finally got with part of the program, right? In terms of understanding that um, we do have, these risks were always there, but I think they were less frequent. So now that I think there's enough frequency in the system that people are like, okay, well, this is going to keep happening time and time again. Now, the interesting thing is like La Nina, for example, here in Australia could just finish and that would be it with from the rain. But then 
the other part fire. of that that comes which is which is fire and heat so understanding that we're part of a system and that we we probably have extremes in that system whether it's too wet but even in the wet everything grows and then the fire risk just increases for the you know if it does dry out particularly here in australia so and that's been the history of this country so when we talk about, you know, like we have more of a, a specialized system where we have like an SES yeah. and then we have a CFA. Now, arguably, what we're really actually talking about is what you're saying, which is more around kind of disaster response at when it happens, but then also resilience before it does. And that's what I'm saying about like the who piece and putting the right incentives in place as a leader is really, really important, mm-hmm. you know, for all of these levels is how do we actually create the change that is required yeah so on that incentive piece knowing that we need that we've got a lot of change to not only navigate but Mm. also choose direction that we're going the incentive structure that's there is is a fascinating one in terms of what that looks like for Mm. everyone and what people want out of the future because we are so polarized and then Mm. when we come together to how to how to get Hmm. unity but not in a kumbaya way but in terms of i suppose incentivizing way like what that yeah what that looks like we're coming up against that in australia right now with tax system that was yep. promised three plus years ago yep. now coming into action in Doesn't a recession really or purpose. like yeah the starts of yeah yeah the start of so hmm. it's it's an interest that's a big call that is on the head of a leader yep. and will will i suppose be judged upon the decision yep. made there and in that in that thinking thinking way, like they'll be this is where the data piece and the decentralized yeah. thing is is interesting because they won't make one decision. They will make multiple decisions as as part as as part of all of that. So how would you balance that out? Yeah. As the leader, you would probably go, Okay, there's certain pockets and this is where data becomes very rich and yeah. very real, where those tax cuts might be the only thing stopping them from losing their their ability to kind of actually live a half decent life you know underneath the economic pressures that are actually here so maybe that's where you target the tax cuts whereas you leave the rest as it, as it was promised it was a blanket rate yeah right which is more um in line with like economies that are smaller and more specialized so places that are like um singapore is a good example of that mm. which is that it's it's a big economy in terms of its gdp but it's you know, 5 million people and is very specialized in kind of services and high-end manufacturing. We're not that as, as a country. So maybe they'll be a little bit more targeted in the way that they actually go about doing that so that they can kind of thread the needle, so to speak, because mm. people actually are kind of in some ways banking on that. Um, um, it's probably the wrong word to use in the context of that, <laughs> but they're, they're kind of going, okay, well, this if that comes down this can go up vice versa and what they actually have to balance is the is the agenda of lots of different people and you know they will see you got to think about the the data that's coming in to tell them that that, that'll be the wholesale price of money that'll be the price of bonds that'll be where they think the nation actually is at and a lot of that data isn't um always in real time and that's part of the issue for government and that yeah and decisions aren't made in real like they need no. a lot of work a lot of time so it's it's this interesting yeah. play how responsive yeah. you can be in to make decisive action when it's needed and that's what i think we're feeling lag with with <laughs> yeah. climate um, definitely because there's a lot of different challenges associated with that mm-hmm. um and then opportunity in terms of putting a stake in the ground as mm-hmm. leadership style but like pairing it back what is leadership 
mean to everyday like just living your life do you think mm. it has as a role to play or has a oh has definitely a play definitely for every person yeah. yes for yeah. sure i do like i think but it's also and is it the same well i think it is yeah yeah i think it, I, I mean personally i definitely think it think it is it's it's understanding kind of how those incentives in your own life are aligned or not aligned to kind of um you know the who's that matter matter to, to you, you. Yeah. yeah and understanding those things and you know kind of people talk about kind of you know life being in balance or, or out of balance and i think a lot of when you really unpack that with people, what they actually mean is um, kind of when life is in balance, it's broadly that you actually feel like you're able to kind of stay in touch and connected with your who's in a ways that actually kind of, you're not really, you're, there's an incentive that in terms of kind of like, you're actually getting some form of reward that, that comes through that. And then when things aren't in control, it tends to be a little bit more kind of singular. Right. And I think it's, you know, as a, there's kind of, there's, seasons i guess in leadership too that's the other thing i just wanted to to bring up i think is that it's not always as challenging and it's not always as um as black and white as that i think there's but it's understanding the time you're in is i think the key part for any kind of you know leader particularly like if you look across the globe at the moment there's a lot of leaders who I think actually now we're starting to understand that, like the gravity of kind of the situation that we're actually in. And I think the leadership style in some places is changing and others it's not. But, um, you know, kind of maybe we're moving into a time where promising people the world, you know, just to get elected is not necessarily going to be the, the way forward. Yeah, okay. And then <clears throat> at an individual level, what are you promising the world? I <laughs> swear you're not. Like you just, you're really trying to leadership in the bare bones listening to that from yeah. the synopsis is really yeah. and putting on the, the my own mayo is really mm. a sense of being able to understand incentive incentive structure yeah. and how that applies to you who's whether it's your family whether it's people sure. in your organization oh. however however it runs and mm. then being able to make decisions based on that yeah. and so you've got this play of rich data um, but then as we've said at the start of this conversation, there is always a time that mm. a hard call has to be made. Yep. And like that's this funny moment in time that we live right now. Where it's like I feel like a lot of responsibility is looked to be handballed on technology or handballed on a data set. Yep. But in the end of the day, at the moment, a decision still has to be made and yep. someone has to stand by that. But a lot of people dodge that. Mm. dodge that responsibility of standing by something or sticking at it because it's... Or try to because they don't necessarily, I think a lot of the conversation is around, well, the data says this or that says this or this says that. Right. But in the end of the day, unfortunately, a lot of the structure is someone has to make a call and you yeah. have to stick at it. Of course they do. And what that yeah. actually looks like and what that means. And part of that build up is getting trust of people to actually back you through hard times. For because sure. usually even mm. the best calls have a hard moment. Where they it's do. Like, yeah. That is, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? Yeah. I hate to take it back to Geelong, but it's a safe space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last year they made a hard call, and yeah. they made a hard call to stick with old people yeah. in an institution or a game where everyone, everyone's young, everyone values youth. Yeah. And that was a big call to make, myself included, saying that was a stupid call. I thought they'd yep. lost it. I thought power would go into the head of a few. Yep. They made a tough call. They've been making that call for a long time. But they stood up 
and it seems like they had the leadership to actually back that up and see through it in the face of mm. adversity. I hate to always take it to sport, but it is a really safe space yeah, to talk sure. about some of these yep. issues when the world is quite polarised on on that, socio-political definitely. issues. Yeah. But I think the main point you're making is the data doesn't decide. It doesn't decide. Like, it gives you rich insight. It and gives it just you like, options. It really shows you things. And I think yeah. this, the, its intuition still has a... Hmm. a role to play like in a very strong role but like it's yeah. it's a hard one because you might not like that person you yeah. definitely don't want the intuition to dictate your life but in the yeah. end it's still yeah that's the real human element that mm. colors our life so much true i mean i definitely hate that call but yeah. um that they made <laughs> but the the thing i would say is that what data allows everyone now to do is be able to actually paint a richer picture of of the options so yeah. you know you come back to the age-old quote of kind of like you know there's there's a fork in the road or a path in the woods and i chose the road least traveled mm -hmm. that that is still true to this day in terms of kind of like at a philosophical level that's the path some people take but to lay a modern kind of parable on that what you actually would know is you would know broadly where that path actually takes you and this right? gets back to that conversation we're having where you automate that path yeah past the point that you can go a bit into the future modeling yeah, for sure yeah. you can model now and see roughly where you're actually going to end end up so then as leaders coming back to that it's about understanding that there's one two three four an optionality you know i think it's it this to me is the really interesting part about discourse in in leadership at the moment as well as in society so we've we've been more determinant right so kind of a lot of like even our technology myths even kind of like a lot of the foundation um kind of structure of silicon valley is about being determinant it's about making one bet on technology and basically going i'm all in yeah right whereas what we're starting to see and i think much more of our future is about optionality which is that technology and data allows us to see different ways we could broadly get to the same the same area and understanding more about the signaling and how you might actually need to change incentives and kind of how you might have to work through things is what's interesting to me right because yeah. there isn't one you know like if you look at you know energy or you look at tax structure you look at all of these things there isn't one silver bullet that solves it all right yeah. there's there isn't just as there wasn't you know with the you know where our old energy was never just one thing so if you take more of an optionality approach and you start to think well maybe if we just change the incentive slightly here that gets us four percent if we change it here that gets us another twelve percent and that's i think the way that kind of people you know work through problems now which is that it's much more you know, you put the, the, the onus on the word, which is that an, analytical and analytics are hand in hand. It's the same root word, which is basically it's to be able to analyze and actually see. But you still make these things. tough calls, which is so amazing. But you make better decisions. Yeah. That's, that's what most people would tell well, you. Well, you feel like you're armed with better decisions. But to pair it back to that example I was going yeah. down. Yeah. I think the reason why they made that call was because they had better analytics, but they yeah. actually listened to the analytics they and did. looked outside the box and they yep. said, if we manage a list in a certain way, yep. and if we do this X, Y, they did what you said and modeled yep. and changed. But like every other team in the competition or every other person had that chance, but it was mm. around looking somewhere else to try and go against the grain or go a different way, yep. which was like a unique... I but everyone like didn't have that chance. That's that's the other point I would say. Well, but that, that bet was made in 2011. Yeah. 
And this was like a culmination of that bet. For but sure. And it was like reiterated again when you get smashed and yep. then to keep backing that, but using to understand analytics what, you need to and ha- what they changed was actually like list management in, and they brought in a new medical team to be able to understand players' physicality at a sure. micro level and then a meta level for the team yeah. and what that meant. But I think everyone does have that opportunity to agree. It just they takes do. a while to get to that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's and then so it's much like it. you make a call, mm-hmm. and then you use the tools that you have to be able to work when you're in that path as well. Like you know, because it's like you feel like you have to make this call now, and then you go that way, mm-hmm. and then you make another call. But it seems like if you make that call and and trust that to use the tools of the day to be able to navigate in that space, it seems. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make yeah, it makes sense. To, it makes, it makes total to... sense. It's it's more. I th- I think. Or is it just me trying to talk about Geelong? So probably. Well, partly. <laughs> I think partly for sure. But it's. I think. But it's just an interesting example yeah, of, of going against. But you, but it's. But it, I think the thing. The only thing I would challenge on that is I don't. I don't think it's about going against the grain. It's more about going with the grain in your context, right? Yeah. And that and that's what I think is really really important in in leadership is that. So what would work like if you take it at a country level? what would work for Australia would not work for Singapore would not work for the United yeah. Kingdom because the context is different. So I think what so it's context rating is, yeah. Is and that's, that's the who's understanding kind of your who's like, yeah. it's the, the data, you know, if I mean, you don't have to stay in sport, you can look at climate yeah. and, and energy and be but like, it all points in one direction, but then your context and how you get there. Like, so in Australia, we have very legacy electrification, um, yeah infrastructure but that's the sport analogy this was frustrating it's like we could have made that call ages ago and come up and we're like we've got to wait 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 but it's like well yeah do we like but you're presuming they did like that's that's all i would say to that i feel like we have partly but for sure but i think what i'm what I'm, i guess i'm trying to say is i think the they've changed they changed the incentive structure yeah and then it takes a while oh, okay, for that that, that to catch up and then when when it catches up it tends to like as all systems catch very quickly right but if you think that you know like any energy transition like if you think you know it I, doesn't I, happen overnight well, it's almost like you can step all the way back and be like, it's actually happened solar panel by solar panel, right? Yeah. So if you think back to kind of people, this started in the 70s with solar um, kind of PV systems, right? But it was very fringe. People were like, oh, well, you know, you're greeny, you're et cetera. You went through all this kind of labeling. Yeah. And then really it started to hit um, kind of, it started to take off in you know the early kind of oos because the technology became cheap enough to be replicatable and then people are like all right i put that on my roof it kind of basically brings my energy bills to not very much and now what we're seeing is that that's gone from like a household level to different ways to generate electricity Mm. to then go okay well this might actually work yeah no for sure there's a few mechanics going in there Mm. but yeah it's, yeah, it's true. But yeah. I think the main point is the time frame. That's what I keep yeah. kind of coming back to is that, <coughs> you know, you say 2011, like for your cats, which is, that's true, right? So, but that time frame, you know, it's not 2011 anymore, right? It's no. kind of, it's 12 years later, nearly. And in, in that time, what they've been able to kind of actually understand is how do they refine their model based on their context? Well, right? that's that yeah. making it cool and sort of sticking by it. For, I think that's what we don't allow and yeah. our 
necessarily our government's design doesn't allow is to make a call and stick by it but that's probably a good thing in some scenarios yeah so it's it's how do you balance that and i suppose it comes back to and which i like seeing in terms of leadership coming from grassroots and that dictating to a degree and then how do leaders who have to make a call at the top listen and use data to be able to disseminate that and that's where i really liked our conversations that came around what a commonwealth is and that disseminating actual insight yep. from niche communities building into like an actual data set that says what people feel think and and where that action needs to go exactly. and then leadership is as stewardship which i think you coined yeah. in our conversations there around how do you guide mm. that how do you explain context and and then how do you make a call on that a hundred percent yeah, but I feel like there's a fair bit lacking there. But yeah, leadership's complicated, hard. It um, is. What's let's just pair it back from yep. the uh, ethereal, like what, and go from hard experience personally. What have, what do you appreciate in in leadership when you felt it mm. on a personal level in your life when you felt mm. led, I suppose. Yeah, and inspired by the way it was led. Oh, I just think it's the simplicity of of message and kind of understanding. You know, that's that's the main thing. Yeah, it's just I think good leaders have the ability to make something that is quite complex seem achievable and simple, mm-hmm. right? And I think you know, like the the achievability piece, even if it's hard, even if there's a long term time horizon, but the ability to actually explain a situation and be able to go, okay, well, this is what where we're going to next. I think that's the big difference in in leadership is that mediocre leaders probably are able to diagnose the problem. Great leaders are able to actually diagnose it, communicate it, and lead people to the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one to, hmm. to end on. I think it's true of leadership. I and mean, then the trust element, I feel like leadership really, for me, for me to really believe a leader is hmm. to see fallibility, yeah. to, for a leader to show a, a chink in their armor. Hmm. Because I think for a true leader to lead is uh, to also know that the people who are supporting or carrying that are also carrying that person and giving them that Swan opportunity. On. For sure. And if they don't let them in enough, then... Hmm those people don't feel they have a role, hmm. uh, which is, yeah, to see that executed well is really rare, mm-hmm. um, but it's powerful when it happens. For sure. That's what I'm going to build on that one. But other It's a nice that, one. Nice place to leave it. <laughs> hey, Shoy. Thanks, buddy. You look good in the hoops. <laughs> Thank you for listening to BAU Business As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.